Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 552 of Floor Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, and as always, by the duo of Steve and Kyle Brackey, and the enemy of crutches, Ben Funky Askren. We saw the video, Ben. I know what you've been I up did, to. I got excited. It was fun. Listen. We had, a, we had a great weekend. So if you don't know, let's just get right to that. It's not really the biggest story in wrestling. I hope your ears don't blow out. They blew out my ears on Instagram. But watch, watch Wait, Coach Askren. It was loud? Yeah, there was some, it was just loud. Well, let me, let me set this up. Let yes, me set this up. Set it here. up, you maniac. Yeah, so this is the quarterfinals of AWA duels. We're in a battle with Izzy. It was, it was a really fun match. It was, it was back and forth. And obviously, as you can see, this match is here is, is five to four. There's one match left after this. So we started the duel at 126. Um, and the score is 25 to 26. So obviously, this match is important. And then uh, the last match coming up, Izzy had a state champion, and then we had a state runner up. So I knew the last match would be really competitive, also. Yes. Okay. So here we go in the quarters of the Aspen Boom. <laughs> did you just... zoom in on me throw my did you zoom in on me throw my crutches? Yes. <laughs> he grunk spiked his crutch. The rubber thing it, it, it fell yeah. off the armpit part. I actually I actually broke it. I had to tape it up. Is he is he fined me two hundred dollars for that? He did? Yeah. Wow, I you got fined at your own he tournament. Paid, he paid me two hundred dollars less for the entry fee because I spiked my crutches. <laughs> no, I, I did he really? I swear. Because of that, was he serious? Yeah. Wow. You guys, <laughs> do you guys got beef now? No, I, I love Izzy. He's great. He's fantastic. Man. No, okay. you know what? It was it was an awesome weekend. So we didn't allow any parents in the room. Few of my parents snuck in. I didn't really love it, you know. Um, wow. And it was really weird. It just like it changed the energy of the of the building. You know, it was just like a lot of really fun high level wrestling. Um, not any drama at all, just wrestlers and coaches and a few referees, and that, that's about it. Well, that's awesome. Uh, we're, we're glad. Yeah. It's, I don't know what this is. Tyler's pulling up things. Uh, these are pictures of the, of yeah, the event. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, so that, that was one room. So in, in, in this academy, we have two rooms. There's two mats in this one room. There's one in the other one. And then there's the other venue. It's got three mats. Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, so Southern Illinois ended up winning. They kind of put together a team from all over Illinois. They had some really good kids. Uh, Donahoe brought a stacked team. 
that was awesome. Um, Jeff Jordan's team was really good out of Ohio. Micah Jordan and Travis McIntosh came. Um, yeah, wow. so man, it was really cool. Micah Jordan must have done really well at this tournament. <laughs> He's, he was really good. He, right, he was coaching you. Oh, yeah, and Southern Illinois uh, is a college team, so I would have expected them to win too. So oh this all goodness. makes a lot more sense. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. But, you know, more more concerning than anything is I've got I've got birds everywhere. You know, um, yeah, I hear you were basically not using your crutches at this event, just walking around for the <laughs> part, not using it. Someone, someone told me that. Is this true? Don't tell my doctor. See, it is true. Dag on it, Ben. What are no, you doing? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Don't tell my doctor. I. It was only we're, really, really we're live streaming. I did have to sit down. I, I walked a little too much the first day. And you know what? Actually, it's not my leg that, my, that I got surgery on that got sore. It was my other leg because I was, like, you know, compensating. So I had to, like, make sure. I had to make myself sit down a whole bunch of second day. I can't move around. I got to, like, sit there in one spot. Why you got, Why do you have to play this game of chicken with the on, oncoming train? You just just don't do it. Just be on the crutches no, the for one a couple time, of- The one time, the Jeff Jordan um, – Southern Illinois semifinal was was nuts. It was really back and forth, and I think Southern Illinois ended up winning by two points. Um, and I was sitting there watching it. I had to have a uh, Max Callahan from Team Dono. He he was protecting me in case the guys came at me, you know, because I, I wouldn't have been able to take an impact. Yeah. See, this these are what yeah. I'm concerned about. I wish you would use your crutches more. I wish you would not destroy your crutches in an attempt to not have to use them. Uh, Kyle's got something. Yeah, I like uh, Twitter user Jim Buskins. Uh, I'm concerned about the example you're setting. Um, he replied to the tweet that said, what happened to the Zen master who criticized poor behavior of parents? What would have happened if this was an actual son slash daughter? Moral, never criticize slash judge others' behavior as you will be the next one looking stupid. Wow. I don't understand. I got excited for an athlete <laughs> having success. There's probably nothing wrong with that. Um, I don't know, I man. Throwing my crutches. He must have thought I was throwing my crutches in anger. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't it. It, it was just joy, uh, and I see nothing wrong with the emotion of of joy when an athlete has success. So, I agree, and I think he probably thought yes. you lost. Um, he probably thought, yeah, he probably thought I was mad, and my guy was the one that got pinned. But that definitely wasn't what happened. Yes, I don't think you would spike your crutches if you lost. I I have not done anything like that in a very long time. Oh, so, so you have. Uh, I mean, probably when I was a high school kid. Yeah. Oh, sure. high school kid. Okay, I thought. You... Yeah, you know what? You, yeah, when oh, you're yeah. competing and you get pit, you lose, you get mad. Yeah, of course. Yes, classic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of uh, this is a pretty busy weekend in wrestling. We are last couple of days since we last had the show on Friday. We're we'll talk more about the the eight man because we have our first four announced. We can talk about that. Nice. But I think first things first, the actual wrestling that happened, the Nittany Lion wrestling club event and the uh particularly the headliner bo nickel versus alex daringer which brought out the criteria haters in full force when uh <laughs> ringer lost one to one uh but i hated it too christian well no you didn't hate criteria you hated the painful wrestling match with basically no points criteria well, okay. here's the problem with criteria yeah. and, and the criteria haters they use the exceptions. I mean, there is, it is so incredibly rare that there's a 1-1 match in freestyle. It, it is yes. incredible. You can go back and look at all the criteria uh, matches. It's very rare you will find a 1-1 a match, okay? 
first of all. Mm -hmm. So you cannot use the exceptions of the rule as a reason to complain about the rule and the things that you have issue with. I We could probably pull up and show tons of matches. You probably didn't even realize were criteria victories because they were so exciting and it was 6-6 six, six or 4-4 four, four or whatever it was. You didn't even realize it. Um, maybe. So I've I've found it to be a little bit like, okay, well, it's easy to knock criteria right now when it's you just watched yeah. a really boring match, right? Well, um, I think, could there be some way that they did it in, the, in this specific instance? Like, if no one scored a real point, then we got to do some some something about this because um, the whole no, notion No, put the match that... out of its misery, I say. <laughs> that bad, huh? Well, um, I mean, but just, oh, Christian, the, the whole notion... Because we always know, and this this is something I find to be incredibly stupid, but it pretty much happens every single time. If one guy gets called for the and put on the shot clock, the other guy is going next. Regardless of who's actually stalling, they're going to go one guy and then go the other guy. And that, that to me, that is so annoying. Well, that's not because... what happened here. What do you mean? Well, Ringer scored a real point. He got a step out. Oh, damn it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so give him the match. We're getting a real point. <laughs> He did get the real point, um, and then they put Bo or they put Alex on the shot clock in the second. In second period, yeah. Which you know maybe maybe that's your gripe is is the seemingly arbitrary selection of who goes on the clock, right? I I don't. Yeah, I mean, because you could argue that Deirdre was a little more aggressive. You could argue that I I think I I would have. In assessing that match, I think they were both equally active, which is to say not particularly. And it's one of those, I think, <laughs> I think it's one of those matches where they don't match up great against each other. I'm not saying it's Suriano-Dayton level, like they will never have an exciting match. But, yeah, it man, I was, first, I thought Bo would win, not significantly, but I thought he would win comfortably. I thought he would win by two to three points or so. And it, it. The ties were a problem for Bo. I, I feel like he yes. had a hard time. And he really he fired off a few attacks, but he really did not get that close to a finish at any point. Daringer similarly didn't get but a few really solid attempts off. I think he got a little closer. He had like a, he actually a double. He got really deep at the end there. And yeah, he so, thought maybe he was going to go through him. But, and what, what I think it – Bo is at his best when guys are coming at him and coming at him consistently. Yes. And I know Bo won the match, but I, I mean, even Bo, I think he said, you know, what wasn't his best performance or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. I think when guys are coming to him, he does a lot better. And I think Ringer demonstrated a, a good tactical approach for Bo Nickel. He just wasn't able to get that final point that would have determined the, the outcome. But um, I, I think the other thing with criteria is like, let's let's not forget we had different um ways UWW used to have different ways to determine tiebreakers one they they had referees decisions at, at different that points terrible. that's really we really want to do that <laughs> you want the referees deciding oh, no. okay so we're out on that <laughs> we had the ball draw okay and then we had basically everyone it's everyone thinks that oh cut off the clock and let people score and determine it and i think that that sounds great, and I've probably had points in as a fan where I thought that makes sense, but that is just not a 
to me, a reasonable way to say, to, to run a sport and to have, where you just say, yep, we'll cut the clock off for any match ever. Yeah. In order to determine what, it just doesn't seem reasonable to me. And I love the idea that someone is always losing. And I hate when, when there's ties, you see it in all sports and you see it in wrestling, you see it in folk style. When there's a tied match, guys will just assume the last 30 seconds, 45 seconds, they become much more risk averse when they're tied. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just much more risk averse. When someone is always losing, there's always someone incentivized to take risk. Yeah. And the, the whole thought process of, of being risk averse the, in that specific situation, in folks out at certain times, it makes sense. Like, if you know, if I know Christian sucks on bottom, um, and we're in overtime. How'd you I'm know? Just gonna, I'm going to stand there because I'm going to ride you out and then I'm going to get my escape and I'm going to win by a point, you know? But in a freestyle match, um, you're saying, you know, now we have to go many years back when this was actually happening, when you actually go to overtime. It doesn't really make sense because the idea that, okay, if I get scored on, I won't have very much time to, you know, score back doesn't really make sense because in overtime it is in fact sudden victory and then if you get scored on it's just over right so you go from having a small chance to essentially no chance um i mean i think so i think I-, I definitely think you have a point christian um you know you got the date in soriano that happened but the other one i would go back to would be i believe it was 2004 olympic trials uh dennis hall Brandon Paulson. And I, yeah. I can't I don't remember what it was tied at, but it was someone had to score a point or something like that. Right? Yeah. That yes. happened. Yeah. And it went what, seventeen minutes or something? And there was something just totally awesome about that 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 uh the determination and the will it takes to battle someone for seventeen minutes at that level. Um, uh, but yes, I realized that like you can't just say if we're at Fargo, you can't just have that going on on a regular basis because uh it's just totally unrealistic. Yeah, I, I think it is unrealistic. And if you want to gripe about the seemingly arbitrary nature of shot clock points and in a match like this, I I can get with that. I can see why you would understand that. I don't like the alternating shot clock order thing uh, like Ben was referring to earlier. I don't like that the guy that scored the only real point of the match got put on the clock, especially in a 1-1 match. But – I, these are these are just such rare matches. You just don't you don't see a lot of matches like this. To go to the point of how rare it is, John Kozak uh, put in the chat. He searched yeah. through his thirty-five to forty thousand matches he has in his database, and only thirty-four ended one to one. So it happens about one in a thousand. One in a thousand. Okay, Dang, this is not the crazy. This is not the thing to march on. This is not the example to me. This is just an absolute exception. Perfect storm kind of match. Two guys that are so good. They match up in a way that, for whatever reason, doesn't create points. We had a somewhat yeah. arbitrary shot clock point, and then everyone's unhappy. A few people have brought this Actually, up in the chat, and I, I like it. What if the step-out held criteria over uh, the shot clock? I think that should be, for sure. That should I happen. agree. That would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's kind real, of no-brainer. Real point should beat big point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hey, yeah, I mean, Tr- Tristan Ray actually called this for me. He was coaching, obviously, with us this weekend, and he said, Deeringer always does a great job at shutting down, you know, funky, scrambly guys. He, he cited the, the Ness examples, how many times he beat Dylan Ness. And, you know, I don't know why. I, I actually lead nickel. I don't know if we talked about our picks last week, but that's who I was going to go with, and I you know, I love Alex Deeringer. I just thought the, the size discrepancy, but then when I when I saw them next to each other, 
yeah, they look they look the same size. They look really similar. I mean, Derringer's been down at 79. Nickel's been up at 92. But when you put them both at 86, they look kind of the same size. Yeah, Nickel competed at 97 at that uh that event where Muhammad uh, Muhammadian destroyed him oh, yeah. and Snyder. Remember that? That was insane. Yeah, that guy freaks me out. I'm a little worried about him. Yeah, <laughs> he seems like a yeah, tough seriously. customer. Uh, Maybe he'll be off his cycle by the Olympics, though. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> he comes <laughs> off of a suspension and just ragdolls an entire field, including an Olympic champion. That was alarming. So, yeah, yeah, I, I thought I thought Nickel and Ringer looked to be about the same size. It's crazy. This guy wrestled at 197, and this guy was at 165 at the end of their college careers, and they ended up uh, wrestling at the at the same weight. They look about the same size, and then I didn't. Bo Bo put out there that he's officially going 86. Um, we have that yes. uh, post. I think we're gonna pull it up here. Um, my match did not go um, as I liked. Man, I can't read it. I'm sorry. I can read, guys. I am literate. I just, uh, but it felt good to compete um, <laughs> after seven months, and I learned a lot. 86 kilogram Olympic gold medalist. Here I come. Do you not sorry. have it on your computer, Christian? I, I don't have it on my computer. It's up on the screen, and it's just like oh, okay. a, a little blurry. Maybe I it is to... really small. It is really small writing. Okay. So, anyways. So, wow. Go ahead. What do you think? What do you think about it? I mean, because we saw what David did to Miles. We've seen Miles versus Deeringer. We saw Deeringer versus Nickel. I know there's a lot of trans. So, there's, there's a lot of transitive properties there. Mm-hmm. But then, at the same time, Nickel and, and Taylor have been in the same wrestling room. So... If he's going to come out and say gold medalist, he has to at least, at the very least, have some inkling that he thinks he could beat David Taylor. Or he could say, uh, well, I'm sure he has an inkling. I'm sure he does have an inkling, one. But two, it's like, well, I lost. It could also indicate how he does against Snyder. And he also wrestles. It just could be a risk assessment, right? Like, all right, well, do I want to go into Snyder and Jaden's weight? And he wrestles Snyder, I'm sure, so he probably knows how that yeah. goes. And he wrestles David, and he's probably like, okay, yeah. this is maybe the lesser of two evils, right? Um, um, that's how, that's how I would interpret it. I don't know if you're going to also, also Ben, the dude, there, you're gonna put, the dude weighed, weighed, what did he weigh, like 88 uh, kilograms for a 92-kilogram yeah. world team <laughs> spot? He's in 87, 80, I think, yeah. 87. He weighed yeah, I in. I know he's in 86. Okay, so, so the size is 86. You have uh, a two-time world champion, an Olympic champion at 97, and you're small. Why would – Yes. It's it's a very no, obvious I'm not, I'm, Christian, choice. I'm not arguing that it's, it's not the right way for him to go. I would say, yes, it is 100%, and I argue they should have went there 2019. Here's what I am saying. If um, – let's see. Man, I haven't had this happen to me, but um, – at least not in a long time. If I was in the room and some dude was just killing me, mm-hmm. right? Do you realize how disingenuous it would be to put out there that I'm going to win the gold medal at this weight class knowing that that guy just beats my ass every day? Like, I'm, I'm probably not going to put that out there. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there has to be at least a little bit of him. And I'm not saying that he gets better at David. Here's what I'm saying. There's got to be a little bit of him that says, I could beat that guy. Yeah. I That wouldn't surprise me at all. And what... It's kind of interesting you bring it up, but when did I say Bo is at his best? When guys are coming to uh, him, when someone's attacking him. Yeah, who's going to attack more than David Taylor? 
that guy attacks more than anyone in the world, probably at any weight, right? So maybe mm-hmm. so, but I'm. It, it's tough to get with it right after a one-one win over Daringer, who we we kind of see, we kind of understand yeah. where Daringer probably is in the pecking order. But the other side of the coin is Styles make fights and. I don't think he would put that out there if he didn't have some degree of belief in himself that he could do it. Now, the other thing I know is those guys train together all the time. And it's it's interesting because I remember thinking about, like, the Ohio RTC back in the day. Their 60-kilogram room was insane. They had Logan, yeah. Bunch, and Humphrey all at the mm-hmm. same weight class, right? And it's like, hold on, I mean, you guys are training together, and then you're going to— so how how do you navigate that? Some some places can navigate it better than others, um, and and yeah, is, I, it has to be a disadvantage for someone to train with them all the time, right? Oh man, so I always I always kind of say like it's it's a, it's obviously a zero sum game, Christian, right? Either one person gains, the other person gains, or there's there's no gain whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine which person gains from the experience? And uh, to me, that one, that like the answer to that question is really, really difficult. I would tend to think, here's what I think. I think what, okay. the way it rears itself is it benefits the underdog, in my opinion. Why do you, why do you think that? Because he, he could try to slow things down? Or, yeah, or I think that's what you've seen. Think about like, uh, do you remember the James Green Chamberlain thing? James, Jason Chamberlain is yeah, not in, uh-huh. is not in uh, James Green's level, in my opinion. Yeah, I think James James is a multiple mm-hmm. world medalist, but yeah, they basically couldn't take each other down for twelve minutes just because. Yeah, they they trained. Did they together. train together? Yeah, yeah. When? He was he was at Nebraska a long time. Chamberlain. It, really? Yeah. Br- wow. Green even tweeted it. Hey, after after the match, mm-hmm. after the series, he's like, "Sorry guys, I know that one fun to watch. This is what happens when you train together for years." Yeah. So I I think that's just something. That's my opinion. It could be wrong. A true it, – it, it can also manifest itself the, the other way. But I think in general you see the, the underdog is able to learn a couple areas to sort of mitigate. Now, getting over the hump is another thing. But I think they can, yes, in general, true. will make it closer. That's my opinion. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right about mitigating and um... – you know, feeling feeling them out in the best position. I know, like for you know, Max because I cradled him so many times was really really hard to cradle, whereas other people weren't nearly as difficult. And so, yeah, obviously, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, but then, so then, I, I guess I feel both ways like that. But the guy who's the better guy will have that big brother effect on the other guy. So while it may be closer, they are going to have hard. They're going to have a hard time getting over the hump. Yes, yes. I mean, I listen, D- David Taylor's in my opinion, a pretty clear favorite. I think Bo yeah. and Zahid are the two guys with the best shot to challenge David because I think they're just yeah. ridiculously good and they have uh, that uh, unbelievable athleticism. But then again, none of them – if you look at the – I don't know. There's kind of a one guy, Kyle Dake, who's had good success against David Taylor – and I just don't know if any of those guys can. And I don't think you have to replicate what Dake does to beat David Taylor. But I think there's one guy in the world that's given somewhat of a template. And I don't think anyone else can replicate that. And I don't think Zahid yeah. and Bo are the guys. 
I, I agree. Kyle Vegas. I don't want to say unreplicatable, but uh, yeah, he does some very unique things, and he has a certain ability that, yeah, it's very tough to replicate. Um, are we going to see any of these guys on the October 8th through the 10th event? Because it was also announced to tiny that it was also announced last weekend. I, I believe this was after our Thursday show, or we did a Friday show also, that they would, in fact, be doing the junior and the senior world championships. When was that announced? Um, they, I, they, they haven't officially announced about senior worlds. They I thought they the, did. I thought they did last <clears throat> week. No, Ivan, the the yeah, that guy, the rush. Yeah, he's he's not. He's just a wrestling fan who is very connected. But they have not announced that they're having senior worlds. Okay, so he. I thought he was like in the know, like we got an insider or something. He is in the know, and he's probably right. But it hasn't been announced. It's not been announced. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I who Which it also makes me wonder when the hell are they gonna announce the junior trials for the United States if the junior worlds are gonna happen? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean we're, we're I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know what their yeah. what their plan is for, for worlds for juniors. I thought we were having the juniors U twenty threes in like mid October. Uh the yeah. trials for America and you know, obviously that hasn't come out. That's not known at this point. So we'll see. Um, um, I don't know who we'll I'm see. On, I, it's not much incentive for those guys to enter the senior nationals, though. I'm looking on Ivan's profile. He says, actually, that the Russian senior nationals is going to happen um, in three weeks, October 15th through the 18th. Yeah, that's great. I want to watch that. Okay. Well, so so we don't know if Bo or uh, Deeringer or Zahid's entering the the U.S. Open October eighth. I mean, 10th. I, I seriously doubt it. I would doubt that either of them are in it. Okay. We definitely not. Uh, I don't think we'd see David at all. But I I just don't see what the benefit is for them other than wrestling matches. Um, yeah. And honestly, it's it's kind of sad that that's like basically the mentality or like what everyone knows, but. Unless there's something in it for these guys that, uh, unless they really feel like they need the matches, they just you're just not going to see guys wrestle. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I and I feel like they do need the matches, right? You have to do something to stay sharp a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Boak sort of alluded to it with saying, "Hey, first match in seven months, right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe maybe some guys throw their hat in the ring, but the registration is still extremely sparse. I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a ranked guy entered. In men's freestyle. Really? It's not good right now. Yeah. No no one's entering. I thought we were going to have a whole bunch of entering from all these college kids who hadn't wrestled. Are the colleges not letting them, you think? I don't know. They they have not registered. Well, I remember we talked about that rule uh, last week. That could be hindering some of these colleges entering. And some probably don't want their kids going away and then coming back to campus. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's true. Also, um, UWW put a press release out uh, on Saturday talking about uh, the addition of the Poland Open to a ranking series. And then at the end, they said the executive committee will meet on October 5th to discuss plans for the 2020 Junior and Senior World Championships scheduled for mid-December in Belgrade, Serbia. Questionnaire will be sent midweek next week uh, to all next uh, national federations gauging their interest in the tournament as well as any concerns they might have. I don't think USA wants to go to this. I don't think 
I don't think will be involved. So I think that would, and they have to have a certain number, like seven of the top ten or eight of the I think top eight. Ten, eight of the top ten teams. There's said. one right there. Uh, I, I don't think USA yeah. will go. Maybe they will, but everything, every conversation I've had is they're they're not doing it. Man, are you guys? Uh, I'm scrolling through Ivan's uh, profile. He's got a training match of uh, Sidikov and Babe, Dave Babe. Oh, really? Sidikov's put it on him. He he, he really bothered me. Uh, he came at Yanni way too hard. That was unnecessary. Who, Ivan? Yeah. About what? He, he was just being really rude to Yanni. Yanni's like just putting out very normal, humble Yanni statements. He's like, "You're not a top ten guy." You're very weak. You were better last year. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Who is the guy? No one knows. Okay. He's obviously he's, Russian of some sort. Yeah. Interesting. He's, he, uh, he speaks decent English or can communicate in decent English. He freaking knows okay. what's going on, though. He is. Yeah. He's a must follow because that dude is as connected as anything, anyone. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you want to continue to talk about the other matches? Uh, I mean, I don't know that all of them were all that exciting. I think the two that would be interesting to me would be Massa did beat Bexod. I think that's a big win for him. I didn't expect him to be able to do it. And then um, Pantelio and Zane. I don't know which one of those. You know, if you want to talk about either one of those. Well, Massa continues to legitimize himself uh, in freestyle, right? He, he won mm-hmm. senior nationals. He beat Makai. Amazing performance there, and now beats a, a, a world a world medalist, multi-world medalist, I think. And, yeah, he really showed here's some positions where he's really tough, and Bexod kept getting in, and Massa was proved to be very difficult to finish on. So more momentum for, for Massa. He's uh, in a really, really tough weight, although in the Olymp- Olympic weights, they're all pretty freaking tough. So that kind of goes without saying. But, yeah, a great performance by, by Massa. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, yeah, and then Pantelio, I you know I pictured that being a really difficult match. Pantelio's right. just so hard to get. He's really hard to get to, um, and sometimes in, in in folk style wrestling, obviously he struggled with the mat stuff. And you know, you brought up the Zane pinned him twice, which that did in fact happen. Um, man, freestyle, he's kind of a different beast. But I also don't see him ever making sixty five kg. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, this dude at 65 would be a, a huge problem. And then I remembered this guy went 149 his senior year for a little bit. It was like, uh, nope, too big for this. I'm going up. So now we're talking five and a half more pounds down. That guy doesn't – he's huge, right? Yes. I, I just don't yes. know. Where, where are you taking the muscle from? Uh, where are you gonna, how are you going to get down to 143 and a half effectively? I feel like he's got to go – 74, but man, if he's one of those, if you're, if you're Pantelio, do you just maybe roll the dice, see if you can make the weight, and see how you recover, a la James Green? Because at 65, you're a contender to make the team. If, if you can function at 65, you've clearly shown you're a contender, right? He's not a contender yeah. to make the team at 74 with, with Burroughs and Dake. It's just, just from a risk assessment. That is just true. Yes. So that's true. But there's 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 probably legitimate health considerations for him to make one forty. Well, and a half, I right? mean, yeah. So I, this is where it's like, um, he's really muscular, 
And so you could pull some of the muscle off the frame and it, it would be more of a long-term thing. You know, you know, one guy, and obviously this was, uh, uh, enhanced by cancer, but Lance Armstrong, they always said in the beam career, he was kind of a little bigger and muscular. And w- when he had cancer, he lost all that weight. And then when he came back, he never put anything back on his upper half. Um, obviously he had assistance with building his lower half with some PEDs, but nevertheless, the idea is that he did pull muscle off his top half, which made him lighter and which made him go further and faster. And so, you know, Patelio, if he's like, Hey, I'm going to do this wrestling thing for a long time it might be worth his while to, you know, do some type of training regimen where he gets a little less muscular and therefore he shrinks a little bit and he can make 65. Yeah, but he, he, he better get on that if he wants to do it. He looked, he looked really big and strong at yes. 157, which I think was the weight. I think size and his strength was, was a factor. He's so powerful. He blew right through Zane, who got a little aggressive, crowding him. Wasn't able to hold Zane off at the end, but yeah, it was it was a good performance by Pantelio right in that match. Someone like Jo, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup for for Alec because he'll be able to get to him. He can match that speed, power, athleticism, but matchups will matter. Like if yes. you know, it, it, sixty five is like one of the sixty five, maybe fifty seven is the most bracket dependent weight at the Olympics because like I don't know. Yanni could take out J.O. and Pantaleo, if he gets by Zane, maybe Pantaleo beats Yanni. I could, Pantaleo would be a really tough matchup for Yanni, right? Yes. There, there are some things he do that make that really difficult. So just depends on how guys, how guys hit that they could do it. Now, I'm, I'm speaking like I'm taking like eight or nine assumptions right there to get to that point to get Pantaleo on the <laughs> team. But, but how many assumptions would you have had to make to put freaking Frank Molinero on the team a couple of years? A lot. Four years ago, a lot more than that. So, yes. you know, it's wrestling and things happen. And these guys at this level are so, so good. The The margin for yeah. error is really, really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree so we talked about that yeah. one. Uh, I thought Gilman Cruz was sort of interesting in that Cruz was winning with two minutes to go and got teched. Without like, it wasn't like a tech lace type of thing. It was like he just got, he just hit a wall that no. was... I've never seen Darian I was, Cruz hit. I, I was watching in and out because I was also coaching at the duels. So I actually watched the first period of that, and it was very competitive, and I did not get to see the second part. I saw your tweet, and I'm like, oh, my God, how, how did that happen? It wasn't like, you know, you have the, the very visible signs of someone that is, like, gassing where their mouth is open, and it's like, yeah. Darian didn't look, like, that t- tired. But yeah. he's just his wrestling was tired. He wasn't able to hold his, like, position as strong. The shots uh-huh. were coming easy. He was getting a lot, giving up a lot of step outs. He even gave up a gut wrench, which Gilman is not really known for his top work. Uh, he just basically hit a wall, and, and Gilman just put up 10 points sort of casually for the tech. Um, so, I mean, a little of that, that, I just, there's a little corona tax there. It's like, I don't know, dude hasn't wrestled <laughs> in how long? How has he been able to train? You know, that, that could matter because they've wrestled a lot. And in one way, this was Cruz, Cruz's best freestyle performance against uh, Gilman. Yes. To be winning with two minutes to go is is notable. But he's also never lost in that way. He lost 9-0 in 17, and then they hit twice at the trials, and he lost like 5-1 and 4-1, but he was never close to making anything happen. So I don't know. If I'm Cruz, I'm like, you know what? How about I just – 
get in good shape and won't fall off the map next time. I, I don't think he would do that again. Um, so, you know, a little encouraging for Cruz, even though he got teched. I think he, there's still some positives he could, he could take away from that. Uh, he, his first sure. takedown was beautiful low single, like picturesque. So he, he's got some stuff. He looked bigger, too, to me. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't get to watch Noel McFadden, so I, I can't really comment on that. And I didn't get to watch uh, Chinzo either. Yeah. Um, no, nothing to, to, to write home about. Noel looked good. Some A few interesting exchanges there. Chinzo, you know, Chinzo is obviously very elite at at, at 74 and, and Valam, a favorite against Valamont. So that was pretty much it. Um Want to talk about the the eight man? Anything else on the Nittany Lion event, Benjamin? Um, nope. I don't think there is uh, anything else that I want to talk about. Uh, I'm pumped for the eight man. You guys announced your first four. Uh, you know, you kind of hating on my idea. I, I listen. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I don't really see what. Here's a, I don't see what you have to lose by letting me try. It. If we try it and everyone loves it, then we do it again. If we try it and everyone doesn't like it, then we never do it again. I mean, so, it's pretty simple. Here's here's the question. What what are yeah. people going to love? Tell me what people are going to love. The drama. The drama of, want, the drama of what? Of people picking who they want to wrestle. Yes. I think it creates something interesting in the now, in the initial, but I don't think that carries over to the bracket. Right? Why not? When the it, cre- it, cre- it creates controversy. Which then, you know, if, if Nate Jackson hops on there and says, you know what, I'm picking Drew Foster first round because he's a bum and I can whoop him. You tell yeah. me you don't want to see that match a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, here's the other thing where, where, where I'm at with it. Just right now, looking at the first four, which are Sammy Brooks, Gabe Dean, Nate Jackson, Drew Foster. Okay? Those are the first four in. I'm thinking, let's just pretend, fake thing. Those are four. We're doing a four-man bracket. How can I yeah. not put Drew Foster against Gabe Dean? This is the dude that beat his brother for an NCAA file. That's just like perfect drama. I just want to just choose that. How can I not put Sammy Brooks and Nate Jackson against each other again when Nate has jumped out to like 8-0 and 9-0 leads and Sammy has stormed back in dramatic fashion? Yeah. How would I not sign up for that? When Why would I leave it to chance to end up with Sammy Brooks versus Drew Foster. I don't know. It's just a less juicy combination of the two. Explain that to me. Yeah. Help, help me come to terms with it because that's where I'm at right now. Um, well, I think just like I said earlier, it's, you know, when you get the athletes and the personalities involved, it makes it better. I mean, think about any fight that you've watched in the last, I don't know, five years, Christian. Yeah. You don't stay up late enough to really watch them. But the reason people get really excited, and whether whether they want to actually genuinely admit this or not, and most people, especially wrestling people, will say, I don't like drama. But listen, Flo, you guys see the clicks. You guys don't let me see any of the clicks. You guys see the clicks. People love drama. People love it. They, they click on articles where people have drama. And if you make people call each other out, you're going to create drama. And, you know, I, I don't know why you guys, you guys see the clicks. I don't know why you're arguing against this. People will say they hate it, but they genuinely, secretly love it. No, I'm not worried about people hating it. I just think, could we make a more compelling eight-man than 
than those guys. I don't know. Maybe so. So I one thing, if, if we do this, Ben, I want to have a, a legitimate uh, test run with this before we do it where you get eight of us and we all pretend we're one of the guys. I want to see how this actually works. Oh, that would be that would be so much fun. Could we And we, we should air that live just because that would just be so much fun also. Okay, yeah. That, I'm fine with that too. But I want like eight of us, like I'm Drew Foster and he's Gabe Dean and like we're – because I don't understand how this exactly works. Because like, okay, if I'm okay. Gabe Dean, I Kyle call Brackey. out Drew Foster. Yeah. Okay. Kyle Brackett, call up Piles. Say, say, listen, you know what? The rest of the bracket's open. Piles is on the board. I'm going to whoop Piles first round. I'm calling him out. Come on, call him out. Yeah, I need, an easy, I need an easy warm-up match. I need something to get the, the sweat going. Uh, my warm-up won't be enough. It, it, it's just like, you know, when, when Alabama schedules the Citadel first weekend of the season. Wow, next I'll um, go. <laughs> uh, in, in football, not wrestling. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're trash, and I'm going to run through <laughs> you very quickly. And uh, it would be a nice, <laughs> nice warm-up to, to get the, the blood flowing and get a little sweat going. And oh. I want to be in the top half of the bracket. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's my question. So they well, get you the, need a rebuttal. You're going you're gonna to say all that bad listen. stuff about you and not rebut him? <laughs> what? He's going to – what, am I going to say I'm going to beat Bracky? No, uh, yeah, I'd I beat mean, Bracky. this is pretend. Listen, I would, I would probably – listen, we had – a couple years ago, we had a fake match. It didn't count for anything. And I learned a lot about Bracky. And <laughs> he thinks I'm terrible, but little does he know all the training I've been putting in. And uh, he will sorely mistake calling me out in such dramatic fashion. He I'll is let in my better shape boom. than me. I'm in better shape. If I can get this into the 45th or 46th minute, like the criteria haters want, if I can just get this into a 90-minute a, a match, maybe I have a chance. But here's my question. All right, so well, there's an eight-man bracket, okay. so I, I accept the challenge. Now where? I go at the bottom, and then what? Well, you literally, you literally have like a bracket up on the wall, right? We could even do it. You could do it electronic, right? I could have it on my TV or something if I was mm-hmm. that technologically savvy. And it would just be... Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight, right? Bracket. Yeah. And you would say, you know, obviously piles, if you're first, there's no one on the bracket. You can say, I want number five. Okay, you go there. Bracket comes up and he says, oh, I want piles. He'll be at number six, so I get piles first round. But then obviously as the bracket fills in, there will be some strategy like, you know, I might take a tougher first round to be on the easier side. And, I mean, you know, I guess one way, an easy example would be like, remember we had uh, Burroughs and Dake on here? And no. we didn't even have we didn't even have them. <laughs> well, I think it had to be our highest rated show of all time. It had to be. There's no way any show beat that because that was like. I it could have been the Burrows of Dick, but we also had Simone on there talking about the film, so it could have been one or the other. We don't know exactly could, why. We don't know. Okay, but what about Christian? How much more excited would you have been if you got to see them wrestle like a week later? Oh, much more. Much more excited. So we yeah. actually get to have you know some kind of finality to these guys talking and i think that you know some of the guys are going to want to be calm and humble but when some dude says like listen man i'm i'm gonna whoop your ass like they're gonna they're gonna get all fired up and start coming at each other yeah there's there's no guarantee they're gonna do that i I just don't see gabe dean being like sammy brooks i'm gonna beat you i don't know i just i don't Gabe, I've been in, I've been in too nice many people. rooms with elite wrestlers playing freaking mafia or something where they're freaking trying to trying to come at each other because you know There's, someone's lying about mafia or something. Yeah, let that's alone not getting live streamed. Well, I th- I think they just won't be able to help themselves. Kind of like you know what? Kind of like the um, this is how I feel is I feel about the Cologne Gross match. Like 
you know, you thought, oh, these guys are going to be tactical. And I thought, yeah, they're going to try to be tactical. And then after a while, they're just going to say, F it. I'm going to try to just gut wrench this dude or throw this dude like 27 times. Yes. Um, okay. I, I am not. You should I'm put not, a poll up. If, if, if we win the Who's going to say no? Lose. No. Even if they're not just like, I'm going to kick your ass, like, they could be, like, Gabe Dean could be like, I like the matchup here, so I'm going to go here. And that's that's juicy. It's like, oh, well, Gabe likes that matchup. And then against Sammy Brooks, Sammy's like, well, screw you. I'm going to show you, like, what a terrible decision you made. And so it, only four guys get any choice whatsoever. No, not at all. Not at all, because once you're the first four in the bracket, so obviously they could they could do four separate spots, right? Um, and then the last four would get to pick who their first round matchups are. But who knows? Like, what if I pick fourth, Christian, and I'm six and zero against you? I'm gonna put, I'm going against you first round. Because then at least I, I, I mean, at the at the least I win my first match. We need to do a test run of this. I was listening to Jocko the other day, and he was talking about the importance of. Uh... Walkthrough. This needs a walkthrough okay. more than anything. I think. I think it could be. I think it could be disastrous. I'm so. I'm so entertained if um, which flow personality is going to pick which athlete. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, we talked about Sammy Brooks and Nate Jackson having a crazy match. Uh, he had a, Sammy Brooks had a crazy match with Drew Foster too. It was like 19 to 11. Oh my! I don't remember. at senior nationals. Really? Sammy yeah. Brooks kind of has lots of crazy matches. He kind of does. He kind of waits till the second period. He, he kind of he likes to play chicken just like you do, Ben. Just like playing the game. He's like, all right, how close can I let the guy get to the tech? All right, I'll go now. And then he just gets guys really tired and he takes him to the edge. He has <laughs> awesome underhooks and positioning. He's fun. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I just think I just want the best. All I want is the best overall product. I want the best overall bracket. That's all any of us want here. And, uh, I think we could do a good job of that, but maybe you know I'm not on a post, so we'll do, maybe we'll maybe yeah, we'll try to pull run. back the, the pull back the curtain a little too much here. You know, like you know UFC for example, you know they'll like you know they sit those guys down before every fight and they do the you know, they do they don't they don't go to people's houses right. They just, every fight week they bring people in early and they ask them questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know if they don't like your answer, they'll just ask you like the same question. Like early in my career, they would ask the same question like five different ways. And we know, obviously, I was with Bellator earlier in my career. And then I realized, like, okay, if I give him a crap answer, he's going to keep asking me the same question. So I better figure out how to give, like, a really good answer so they don't even ask me. Yeah. You know? And so, um, when af- and then after these guys pick, we can kind of dig in because then when they come on the Bader show or when they come into the office, you can say, well, hey, man, you decided to pick this guy early. What were you thinking there? Or you wanted to be on this half. Yeah, what was that all about kind of thing? And so then you have those good lead-up questions, too, because – Again, wrestling people don't want to admit that they enjoy controversy and they enjoy conflict, but the truth of the matter is they do, Yes, and everyone does. Yes, yeah. they do. Uh, speaking I mean, of... Con- if you think about... Go ahead. No, you go. Well, if you think about the biggest matches you can make, it's all the ones with conflict right now. It's it's uh, Dave Burroughs. There's conflict there. It's Spencer Lee Gilman. There's conflict there. It's, it's David Taylor... Bo Nickel, because there'd be conflict there, right? The biggest matches you can make in America right now have conflict involved. Yes. I, I don't, I, listen, I don't disagree with that at all. Let's make conflict. Let's try it. Like, why don't you really want to see, like, even though the best world, Jaden Cox and Kyle Snyder, well, I don't really, 
you know, I want to see it because I want to see the wrestling part of it, but they're just two awesome, nice guys. Yeah. And they're, they're like, you know, they'd be too nice to each other. So there's something there that's like, yeah, like, oh, I would love to watch wrestle, but there's no controversy there. So if there's controversy, I would enjoy it a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. There, there, there's no beef. They're, they're way too nice. Oh, there's no uh, beef with, with Nickel Taylor. You just know that they're teammates. No, there's, listen, I can feel it. I can feel the energy. They're training together. Well, he did have the uh, whole, uh, they didn't know David was uh, not going to yes, be able to wrestle thing, and uh, I wasn't about... able to move down to 86 kilograms in time because of it. D- DT's been seeing this coming for well over a year, right? Oh, I mean, it doesn't surprise David. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, but I mean, everything seems like it's been all gravy since. I mean, they're training together. I don't know. That was just my interpretation. I think it's yeah, probably we'd see some controversy. Maybe so. Maybe we so. Um, speaking of controversy, um, because of Ben Askren, he has mobilized Pat Downey's Lizard Warriors and uh, unleashed, them, <laughs> unleashed them upon me. So I was annoyed when Ben brought up, why is Pat Downey? It's like, well, Ben, you know exactly why Pat's not in. So why are you playing? But okay. In all fairness, in all fairness, Christian, I didn't, uh, you know, in the in the moment, I think maybe I I had totally I didn't really totally remember. I wasn't sure, and there's still a little bit of it for me that is fuzzy because I you don't can always really blame care. the pain whatever. meds, Ben. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wasn't on pain meds when when he got kicked out the first time, and I don't like Pat Downey. I don't think he's a good person. I do know that but I was okay. I was a little bit uh, fuzzy on the, all the details when I asked the question, but you can. I want to hear you call him a bum. I will not call him a bum. Uh, I I will say it's just I find it really ironic that they think. Well, one, I was I was annoyed that you said we canceled him because now like cancel culture is such a negative thing that is very sure. pervasive right now. Now anytime you do something with not someone, that's not canceling someone. It's like I'm not yeah, canceling sure. Pat. Just I'm not inviting him over. I'm not having him involved. You want to know why he's not involved? I think one. Let's look at the whole timeline here. There hasn't been a more supportive media entity of Pat Downey than Flow Wrestling. And that's been true for years. Going back mm-hmm. to, we, we had him down in Austin for um, what we call a car wash, where we do technique. We did these interviews. And he did this amazing walk and talk with, with Bader. It was like an hour-long interview. And you have this guy. And we did this with Pat because it's like, yeah. The person that Pat is on social media, at, at no point in my any of my experiences with Pat in person, are do those two bear much of a resemblance at all? I feel like Twitter Pat, social media Pat does himself no favors ever. In real life, Pat, if you get to know the guy, he's like friendly. He's smart. He's really witty. He's very funny. He's just he's just kind of in, an endearing person. And so it's like, you know what? This is a guy with a story. Let's, let's hear from him. And when we did the, the first walk and talk with, with Pat, we got hit mm-hmm. up by coaches being like, what prominent coaches, you should not be doing stuff with this guy. You should not get yourself involved with this guy. Don't do it. We said, no, this guy is a guy with a story. People make mistakes. He was mostly accountable to those mistakes um, in that interview. And then he goes on, he wins the U.S. Open, right? Does, does a great job there. And then at the World Team Trials in 2018, uh, 
19. I'm getting my years mixed up. He wins it. And we do a follow along with him. We do the Pat Downey advisory thing. It's this really cool piece about this interesting wrestling character. And like, you know, where he talks about all the, he talks about his issues and he talks about his problems. He talks about redemption or whatever. It's a very, very cool wrestling story. And again, the, the fans love it. They think it, he's an interesting character. And we get a little bit of hate, hate for it from people in the community, in the community, right? But whatever. We think mm-hmm. it's interesting. We think he's worth following. And then we have him in who's number one, right? We pay him money to wrestle a guy that doesn't even wrestle. <laughs> that was dumb. And, I can't believe you guys did And that. then, <laughs> you know, that was the most, that was the most watched match of who's number one. Stop. Promise. Listen, that goes back to my earlier point about controversy curious cash because I didn't watch that match. But anyone who thought that match was going to be slightly competitive is a moron. Yes, but they, they watch. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So then we follow up our support of Pat by having him be in our, our card July 25th, right? And you get to wrestle the best guy in the world, David Taylor. And we're going to pay you, oh, around three times what we paid you to wrestle at who's number one to wrestle. To wrestle him. And then two weeks out, before the thing, he tweets, I'm withdrawing from the Flow Wrestling event. Because they don't have a yeah. women's or a Greco match. I, okay? I kind of forgot that part. That was, that was the part that I kind okay. of forgot, so, Christian. My so, fault. Pat and Pat fans, we don't have to play. Th- I, wh- why would I sign us up for that? I'm, we're being asked to make decisions, smart decisions. Why would I sign us up for an eight-man with him when two weeks before the last one, he said, I withdraw because there's no women or Greco matches. Three days after, he basically went to war with half of the women's national team. So it, you're going to throw us under the bus. You're going to withdraw from the event two weeks out. And we lost our co-main event. I, I'm not canceling you. You canceled yourself two weeks before the last event. So no, we, we're, we're not, we're going to learn from that. And you're not in this one. So the, the, the Pat Downey mob, I hope you hear this and let me know what decision you would make, right? No one's canceling him. I hope he gets in the Olympic trials. I hope he does as good as he can possibly do. But there's not a bigger supporter in wrestling media or otherwise than low wrestling for Pat Downey. But we're not signing ourselves up for this one. There you go. That's fair. Okay, thank you. Perfect. That's why. Yeah. And also, I don't get fired Wednesday because Metcalf's coming out. How about that? You don't. Yeah. So tell us about it. You actually came through for us. Uh, (laughs) Metcalf's coming out tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, have you watched it in its entirety? I have. How good Bracky, Bracky watched it most recently. I watched it some, some time ago. Bracky watched it recently. Bracky, why don't you give your thoughts? I think it's really good. It's going to be in three parts. Um, first part, and, and they're not short either. First part's 40 minutes. Um, oh, wow. Three parts, huh? Yeah. It, like you were saying when we showed the trailer, there's a million different storylines. You know, you can really go Seriously. after and this one, I saw Spade tweet it last night. Uh, if they were, like, titled, this one would be, like, family first. Um, it goes pretty in-depth about uh, how he got into wrestling and the, the Davison wrestling with him and Donahoe and Reader. Um, mm-hmm. And then gets pretty in-depth, uh, his relationship with his brother and everything that happened around that and kind of uh, his early, early time at Virginia Tech. Um, but it, it's it's really good, and uh, I think you guys won't be disappointed. And then the the teaser at the end for episode two, 
is incredible. Just like all the storylines in Metcalf's career, they get into all the Virginia Tech stuff, and you have Brands mm-hmm. talking about that, and then you have the other side with Dresser talking about that, and you have Darian Caldwell, and uh, it's just what did, it's, what did Dresser say? I haven't seen episode two yet. I've only seen episode one. Oh, to Dresser, how pissed off was he? Because you know, Dresser's a guy that there's not a lot of co- a lot of college coaches will kind of sugarcoat a little bit. And Kevin Dresser, will, he'll say some crazy stuff. He, <laughs> he doesn't mind uh, speaking. Not, no, I, uh, I, I think he, he was a first year head coach at the time. I think that administration yeah. was involved. At at probably at the end of Kevin Dresser's career, he may have been able to throw his weight around a little bit at Virginia Tech administratively and say, no, yeah. let him go or whatever. Yeah. At that point, the administration had an ax to grind with, with Tom Brands, period, for leaving yeah. and taking those guys. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that they, were, very, they were vindictive. Yeah, that was not very, I mean, I won't say not, I don't know if nice is the right word, but obviously Tom Brands went there. He was there for, for two years, I believe. And then, you know, had had they paid him a bunch of money and he got some good recruits in, and then he was trying to take them all and leave every two years. So it's like essentially you take you're taking Virginia Tech's investment and you're burning it. Yes. Yes. So um yeah, yeah, I remember Kevin Dresser was at that point, he had just coached down the road at Christiansburg. He was a high school coach. We we all and so, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have that that level of now he's the you know, coach of the year and, and this and that and he's Extremely prominent Division One coach, but it wasn't it wasn't like that at that point in time. So, but you have to hear it from from Coach Dresser. But Episode One's great. The, the the early years of Metcalf, his brother. I mean, that's that's a really obviously very tragic thing, and some of the details around that are are pretty interesting. Um, oh, get uh, Episode One gets into starts talking about Schlater. his rivalry with Dustin Slater, and there's a pretty. Pretty awesome footage um, from the Medina tournament in Ohio finals and then their senior national final, which is pretty awesome to hear both those guys talk yeah. about that because um, then that would be continue to be a big rivalry in college. Um, hey, what, what do you remember, yeah, Ben, about awesome the, the Metcalf-Schlater rivalry? What do you remember about that? That's kind um, of around your time. Well, I remember quite a bit of Brett Metcalf because Brett, Brett and Max are the same graduated year of high school and college. So, you know, I, I watched a lot of Brett. I remember how dominant he was. I think it was what six Fargo titles, um, yeah. That that was an awesome rivalry. Um, it was one of those because you know I think now in, in more current times there's more opportunities for those guys to meet up. I mean, if those guys were wrestling in 2020, we probably would have seen them. You know what, the UWW cadets, maybe the UWW juniors. Who's number one? We we would have seen it more frequently. But back in the day, we didn't see those guys wrestle very often. So you know, you had two camps which, you know, essentially both thought their guy was going to win and their guy was the better guy. Um, so I remember there, you know, that was probably, you know, in, in that era, say, you know, that five, 10 year window, I don't know that there's any other high school matches that were that hyped up or, you know, or high school rivalries, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And obviously they both panned out. They both won division one NCAA titles. Um, they both would make senior level world teams. Um, so they really both did pan out. Yeah, it's crazy to see rivalries that, you know, extend. They're transcendent in high school, and then they're both NCAA champions in college, and they both make senior-level world teams. It, it's impressive. And, and, you know, Dustin is one of those guys where he was so household, uh, for such a household name for, for his era. And then, 
just injuries after injuries after injuries and apparently concussions we learned um yeah really derailed what what who knows what the, his career could be this is a guy who made a world team in college back when yeah and guys weren't really making world freshman. teams in college what's that he wanted to say title as a true freshman true freshman right out the gate beat beat esposito yeah. huge upset right huge. no one saw that, that i mean that was almost unfathomable at the time totally were you a big NCAA fan at that time, or I can't remember when exactly? Very beginning. That's like the, that's like probably the like one of the first years I was really into it. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was like for me that was mind blowing because Esposito was a really high level high school guy, and then you know he came through. He lost to Jesse Jansen in the NCAA finals. Then he wins the NCAA title the following year. And, you know, Esposito was the real deal. I mean, there there was no joke about him. He yeah. was really really good. And then Slater, the, the thought that Slater would come in as a true freshman and beat Zach Esposito. Yeah, I wish I had something to relate that to in, in more modern times, but that was like, there's no freaking way that's going to happen. And then it happened. Yeah. And Schlater was like so dynamic too at that point. And he kind of like, as injuries took hold, he became this like super positional and like uh, really yeah. his, his defense was insane. He was really hard to score on. So he kind of like entered that mold. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas he had been like super dynamic. I mean, he was his ducks and slide bys and stuff were, uh, he, he was a really fun guy to watch. So yeah, Dustin Schlater and that my, rivalry with Metcalf, one of the best high school rivalries, um, that there have been. Yeah. And that, I guess the other thing that, to add to that rivalry, and I think both these guys were one year younger than me. So, and I, I think, so both brothers were the exact same ages. So I believe it was 2003 grads and 2005 grads, mm-hmm. but you know, C, CP and, Brent, the older brothers, uh, I'm sorry, CP and Chase, the older brothers of uh, Brent and Dustin, were both extremely good. I believe they both won Fargo titles. I can't remember if they ever wrestled each other or not. I think they're the same size yeah. when they so were he, smaller. So he talked about and, this. Uh, Brent talks okay. about this in the film. He's like, yeah, we would all go to the same tournaments, and both of them, both the Schleiders would beat both the Metcalfs like every time when as like coming up. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was probably it. the stuff that like, even I didn't see because, you know, Ohio, Michigan, they're right next to each other. And obviously in that era, um, you know, when say when we're in middle school, there's no, there's no internet results. There's yeah. no video. There's nothing like, you don't know, you don't know anything um, uh, of anyone else. I mean, when you travel outside your region, it's just like, oh, maybe you've heard of something or, you know, uh, but you know what, you know, a funny memory I just had this weekend. Uh, and this kind of like would speak to that, that era of wrestling. When I think I was in sixth grade and it was the first time where, you know, I was maybe starting to get a little bit better. And my dad, one of my, my youth coach at the time, he had an older son. So I think he was like an eighth grader and they said, oh, there's this tournament. Um, there's this tournament in Indiana. Let's go to this. And I, who knows? I think it was at Purdue or something. Right. So we drove down, he's like two hours away and, you know, and there was this kid that lost and it was uh, like this, they're, they're, the family was throwing a fit and then someone's like, oh, he hasn't lost in like four years. This kid's the best. And it was freaking <laughs> Izzy Martinez. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so that was my first introduction to Israel Martinez. And then, you know, so then after that, you know, I actually went to, a, his dad had a little club and I think in eighth grade, maybe I went to a couple camps with his dad and, you know, that whole crew, they, they had a really bunch of, Tannenbaum was in there. Um, a kid that made a couple of UWW Cat World teams, Ruben Villarreal, which probably, you know, I don't even know what happened to him. Um, but they had a really good squad. And so, again, you know, there was no internet. You couldn't watch film. You couldn't see results. It was like 
you maybe heard about this kid. And when, and when he says he hasn't lost in three years, it's not like you can go verify that on Track Wrestling or Flow Arena. You don't, you don't know. Yeah, you have no idea. Right? It's just what they say. Yeah. So, Metcalf tomorrow. Uh, you're going to like it. At long last, it's coming out. I, I legitimately don't know. Do we have a time that it's going to like drop? I know we're not like live streaming it, but is there a time it's going live on the site? Um, you know? TDB. Okay. Early good. in the day. Why That's good radio. Oh, because you guys have done that sometimes in the past where you, you, know, you say this. We did that for years. Yeah. The, we could do it. We're not going. Uh, there's like various nerdy reasons that okay. no one cares about. All good. <laughs> This is not interesting to people. Other news. I, mean, I would like it if you play it earlier because you guys usually always do them at night and I'm actually at practice. So then I'm usually never either I have to stay up really late. Otherwise, that's actually I why like we do it. I, I, I can't <laughs> talk about it with you guys the next morning. So if you release it early in the day, I'll be able to watch it in the afternoon. And then It will be earlier in the day. day. I can't risk it. it. We're getting too close to October. I can't, I can't play with fire like this anymore. <laughs> hey, Sacred Heart adds women's wrestling. How many D1 programs is that now that have said they're, they're going to do it? Two. Iowa? No. It's Arizona State? No. Okay. Lock no, it is, uh, the, no, but then there's the college um, uh, Presbyterians. They're D1 now. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I so thought they'd be I thought, three. Um, but Lock Haven, and they, Lock Haven said they're going to have women's wrestling. I thought Arizona State, they, they have a, a. They have a girl on the team. On the team. They do not have a women's team. Oh. Yeah, I don't think Arizona State officially committed to it. I know a lot of people, there's been a lot of talk of it, but I don't think I really thought Iowa anymore. said they were going to do it. Yeah, I, I have not seen an official announcement from Iowa, but yeah, I've heard them talk about it. Well, good stuff for Sacred Heart. I'm glad they're doing that. Um, hopefully more online, and we get NCAA, two dueling NCAA wrestling seasons, men's and women's, would be very, very good for the sport. Um uh, yeah, I know a lot of the sports leadership thinks this is this is paramount and um, essential for for the health and growth of wrestling, especially at the NCAA level. Let's hope it the momentum continues. Is Sacred Heart in Connecticut, Massachusetts? <laughs> it's in Connecticut. It's so funny you said that. So I did not remember where it was, and then so okay. me, Bracky, Bray, and who's the other person? JD. JD. We're like, okay, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a contest to see who can guess which state Sacred Heart was in. And we were split Connecticut, Massachusetts, but it was Connecticut. So it's funny uh, that you asked that question and even mentioned those states. Well, How about really close together? That whole that whole northeast region, Christian, they all yeah. DM at all all the states in one. A lot a lot of people, a lot of a lot of New England. A lot of New England, yes. Mm-hmm. Gable Stevenson is a different looking person. He tweeted like a side by side. Tyler's got that pulled up. This guy, he got. Are you bigger, sure it's not just the lighting? Um, look, at, <laughs> look at his shoulders. I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. Well, okay, I'm like, what? <laughs> he's clearly like he's simultaneously got bigger and leaner, which is sort yeah. of horrifying because he was really good as a true freshman. I mean, he was a kid as a true freshman. I know he was like 18. That's a kid versus a man. Yeah. So now, and but yeah. but you know what? He's like, he, he. It's not just puberty and maturation. It's like mental maturation is is how I I view it. He got really serious. I mean, when you were as good as Gable Stevenson was as as a freshman and before, 
and you were that good, it's hard to say. I really need to dig deep and get serious about strength and conditioning, you know? And yeah. I, I think that was something he had allowed himself to lapse because there's literally no one that could beat him. And now he didn't get what he wanted at NCAs and he didn't make the senior world team. And he clearly got really serious about weight training and, and getting in good shape. And man, I think the result, he said he put on 20 pounds of muscle and he's, it's, uh, it's a scary thought how good this kid could be. Minnesota's got a great strength conditioning program. I remember they did something like this, and I know he never had a great physique, but you you could tell if you saw the side by sides with uh, my buddy Cole Conrad. And oh yeah, you know, I think he went in at two eighty, and he said that they you know in the beginning they cut him down to like two fifty, and they made him lose a whole bunch of weight, and then you know then he started putting it back on as he as he got older and really heavy heavy lifting, and he got you, you huge, huge, much, right? Like it, he was cutting yeah. to make heavyweight at that. At, yeah points right mm-hmm he's, yeah. he's so, another interesting it, like what could have been with his career in both freestyle wrestling although i think he, he dipped his toe and fighting and fighting he was undefeated yeah and he a bellator champion then he just retired and went to work uh which is fine i always tell people fighting is a terrible career and i, and I know i saw him um him and max were both inducted to the wisconsin wrestling coaches hall of fame last year so i got to talk to him a little bit um yeah, but freestyle, I always thought it was really interesting because right out of college, you know, we were the same graduating year. He made the open files against Tommy Rollins. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, he, he it was a really competitive match. And obviously, so Mako was the third guy there. And then for whatever reason, in 2008, he felt like he had the better opportunity to make the Olympic team in Greco. So he transitioned over to Greco in 2008, and then he, he did not make the team. Um, and Mako ended up making the team. And Mako was a guy, I think, I think Cole beat him the last three matches of their college careers, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, I don't remember him going true. Greco. That's interesting. Yeah, he went Greco in 2008, and he didn't make the team. But I always thought, like, man, right out of college. I mean, right, I, I took fifth and sixth in the opening trials in 07, and he was a lot closer than me. He made the finals against Tommy. Um, and so, I, I yeah, I, I always thought, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't coach him or anything, right? We were buddies, and I never really dug in into why, why did you make that decision to uh, switch to Greco yeah. that year? Yeah, interesting decision by him to do that. Okay. Um, where to next? You want to get to some questions? Um, I, I, I see one interesting thing in the chat. Um, Kozak. Uh, he says that Gable tweeted that this might be his last year in NCAAs, and then he deleted the tweet. What? That's, that's oh, what he wow. said, which actually then would lead me to my next point, and I don't remember how we forgot to talk about this, Christian. Kirkflit is, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I got, like, dragged for various reasons for my tweet saying that Gable and Kirkfleet were the were the future at 125. Then Tommy Rollins jumped in, Ben. You saw this. It did, blowing yeah. me up. Uh, because it was I was either everyone thinks it's like so blatantly obvious that Kirkfleet said, Well, I didn't think it was that obvious to everyone. And then the other half of the people were saying I was totally disrespecting Mason Paris and Nick Wazdowski. So I don't know what that was, but my feelings are that, that Gable and Kirkley are going are the two best freestyle prospects in in America. How old is well? Uh, Dallas, he's only twenty seven, man. He's, he ain't he's, old. He's got the time left. I mean, he ain't old. 
So, I mean, I could easily see him going until 2024. Um, you know, people for, I don't want to say they forgot about, uh, I man, it's Kirk fleet, right? Saying it correctly. I say Kirk fleet. I hope that's right. Kirk fleet. Okay. So, um, you know, people, I don't, they forgot about him, but he hasn't really competed all that much, you know, no NCAA wrestling. Um, you know, he did do the open in December, but this is, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of a lot of times out of sight, out of mind. We've seen Mason Paris win a junior world title. We've seen Mason Paris get so much better. Um, and, you know, Flo ranked Kirk Blitt like 14th or something. So they obviously don't think he's very good. And so, you know, I think maybe he's doing the chill thing now. The- oh, my gosh. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, when, when, you know, when you see him, hey, he's the future. But, yeah, I think he's bad. I don't want to write Mason Paris off because he's improved so much. Um, so I, I won't write him off. Nick Wazdowski is 27, so obviously not writing him off. Um, you know, he, he will age earlier than these other guys, though, obviously. Uh, I, I will just say America's in a very good place for heavyweight. I think, you know, any of those top four right there that we talked about, I think they have a very good chance at earning world medals if they can make the team. Yeah, I'm worried, you know, how long is Gable going to stick in wrestling, right? He's like... He seems like a guy with know. a lot of other aspirations. MMA, WWE. I don't. I know. think he likes to flirt around. Yeah, I hope he's just doing that. I. It, it would seem like. He should just. Uh, I don't know, to, to me. And I'm selfish here, but it seemed like his brightest future is going to be in freestyle wrestling. He could be a he could be a legend in freestyle wrestling. In my opinion, I've been higher high on Gable yeah. for a really long time. And I've been wrong. Uh, on occasion about it, but I still maintain that there's not many heavyweights that can wrestle like him in the world. Right. And now yeah. that he's bigger, I, mean, I think he'd be very formidable. He, he looks so good against Trent last week. That, that was ridiculous. Uh, how can, can someone put together those two? I know they wrestled when they were in high school. Can someone put them together again, please? What What do you mean? They're, they're Kirk Blitt and Stevenson. Oh Yeah. Together. Let's get, them, let's get them fight each other. Yeah, but I'd, I'd even watch them wrestle, personally. Well, that's what I mean. Yes, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'd love to see it. It was uh, a close match, you know? It was like a 1.32 match. Yes. I'm searching for the U.S. Open right now. How did how did Hamida do at the U.S. Open? Because I want to see how his results at the U.S. Well, Open compared to Well, as our man John Kozak literally just put in the Facebook chat, Hamida did lose to Garrett Ryan and Neville's at Senior Nationals, so not sure how much that Seth was. Seth means. Uh, uh, Nick Neville's, right? Yes. That's not so great. Yeah, I don't know how much it means. He's a he's a good folk styler. He had some. I feel like he had like a good battle with um, Don Bradley. Maybe could be misremembering. Maybe he did. Yeah, I may be making that up. All right, but I I'm, feel I'm like gone, they, I'm on the bracket right now. At the very so least, I think me. Dom and him almost got in a fight. Sort of got in each other's faces. Oh, that was at uh, yeah, yeah that was in Raleigh. Yes. They wrestled in the quarters and for third. Yeah, and one of those, I think it got a little little chippy. That was when they almost killed Spay. You yes. remember this? Yes, when he when he got pancaked um, in this table. And yeah, that was wild. So the quarterfinal yeah. was Pino Bradley. Yikes. Yeah, Hamida uh, only had one win at the U.S. Open, so that's not, not, not all that telling, I guess, or not all that great. Um, Kirk Blitt, did he 10 0 Garrett Ryan. And then he beat Nick Nick Neville's for third place. He was beating 
Tony Nelson late. Yes. As I recall, it was a 5 5 for. Uh, 5 5 for Bradley for third over Hamida. So that one was. Okay. So they, they did. Well, what tournament are you talking about right now? World Team Charles 20, Challenge Tournament. 2018. 2018. 2019 in Raleigh. 2019. Sorry. Yes. 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 Yeah. So Nelson beat Kirkwood. He got the last. Uh, he got the takedown with 48 seconds left. Um, Kirkwood scored one point after that. So it was 3 to 1. Then he, Kirkwood made it 3 2 at the end. Yes. Okie doke. Questions, man. That's that. Yeah, it's a good bracket. He's he's good. How many of our eighty-six yeah, we do some questions guys could bring home a medal at the Olympics? Ben, I hate this question because this bracket, the bracket's not really seeded and it's unbalanced. So it depends on where they end up in the bracket. I mean, not knowing you know Jaime Espinal won a damn silver medal in twenty twelve. Oh my gosh! So all of our guys. I mean, yeah. If you put them on, if you put them on that side, there's a good chance that a bunch of them win a medal. Yeah. Okay. So, there we go. Yeah. I would say. Well, I, would I mean, say, what do you say? I would say three. I think. I think. Uh, no. Four. David, Zahid, Bo, Ringer. I think all could medal at the Olympics. Sure. Yeah. David, obviously a higher probability, but. I'm really high on those those other guys. Maybe there's others in the in the mix, but I'm not I'm not ready to go there with them. Will tickets be sold for the eight man bracket? No, they will not. No people allowed that aren't working or wrestling or coaching, or something. Unfortunately, the day will will return when we will be able to have matches with people and stuff. But that day is not October 31st. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it was kind of nice though last time. Man, it was so easy. You set up, you just run the event. You have to worry about the fans or any of the other externalities. Yeah, and simple. It was fun. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. Matt awareness podcast. Ben versus Chael, both at the peak of their careers, at a weight in the middle. MMA. Who's winning? Chael could have never made a weight in the middle because Chael was cutting so hard to make one eighty five. Yeah. I think he would admit that he was. And I would have. I mean, Chael's. Significantly larger than me, so I would I would have a hard time with Chael. All right, here's here's one. Um, if the top jujitsu guy in the world came in came to wrestling with no wrestling experience and one month of wrestling training, what level could he reasonably be, be successful at? They would not be successful at all. You'd get work. They would get uh, destroyed. That's what I. Would, that's they would have a hard time in in an elite high school wrestling room. For sure. Well, I was trying to think if there's any of them that, I mean, obviously, I guess you say with no wrestling experience, some of them, the intelligent ones, at least do, they they don't do a lot of wrestling, but they at least do a little bit of wrestling. They like a Gordon Ryan, for example. Yes. Some of them, I mean, some of them straight up wrestle, wrestle. Like this guy, Cyborg, I mean, he's got some really, or Jiu-Jitsu, he's got some solid wrestling technique. Yeah, These I remember guys. in 2009 when I went to Abu Dhabi. Uh, well, it wasn't, sorry. Abu Dhabi was not in Abu Dhabi. It was in Barcelona. So the Abu Dhabi competition. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, the super match was uh, Drysdale versus Jacare, I think. Mm-hmm. Don't quote, I, I'm pretty sure And, like, I was so pumped. I had just started jiu-jitsu. I've been doing it for about a year. I'm, I'm so excited to watch these guys jiu-jitsu it out. And these dudes do some crappy wrestling for about 20 minutes. And it's like, dude, if I wanted to watch crappy wrestling, I could have went to any high school tournament. You know, it's like, I didn't want to see that. I want to see them do jujitsu because they're the best in the world at it. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the levels. Yeah, levels not high. To your point. It's not high. It would take a. It would take a, a long time. It would take a lot longer to get a jujitsu guy elite at wrestling. Than it would take a wrestler to get elite at jujitsu. Say that. Yes. Okay. What is it's happened with? It's it's happened with non-elite wrestlers getting really good at jujitsu re- relatively quickly. Yeah, Nikki Rod. That'd be an example. Chief example. Uh, are wrestlers eligible to compete in senior nationals? Hard to qualify for Olympic redshirt if you can't compete until November 1st. Yes, you're right, Brian Jacobs. I feel like they're going to find a way to write it so that NCAA guys can go. Because there is that rule about, and I don't know if we talked about it last FRL, two FRLs ago or not. Talked about it last week. Okay. So, yeah, that rule, I don't think, I, I think they're going to find a way to get them in the tournament. I think D1 guys are going to be able to go. Oh, they better start hurrying. Yeah, they better time start. is running <laughs> out. Yeah, it's in, um, what? Four, four weeks, four weeks or so. That's that's kind of soon. Yeah, yeah. Pick it up. I less than four weeks. Right, it's three it's weeks. Like three, yeah. Okay. Um, these bracket tournaments end up being a long term thing. Is next weight you're looking at one fifty five or something different? We, hmm. I, I don't know what the next weight will be. It will. I think it'll be lighter. We had thrown around one fifty. Maybe we do one forty. Uh. We kind of preliminarily reach out and just gauge interest and see, hey, could we get some guys here? Like we did with 195, felt reasonably confident we get eight really good guys at minimum. And that's going to be mm-hmm. the case. We're hopefully going to announce some more soon. So I think probably 150 would be the next one. Where would you put it, Ben? Uh, I like the 135, 140 bracket, especially if you can throw in a few of those um We'll say domestic foreigners, right? Uh, say Stevan Michik or, uh, oh my gosh, what was the guy that just wrestled last week? I don't know. That Russian guy? Russian guy. Oh, Ampar. Rustam. Ampar, you know, throw him in there. Maybe Kinshvili, uh, which, you know, I don't know if he could make 135, 140. I'm not sure how low exactly he could go, um, especially if you throw one of those guys in there. And then obviously, your point is dependent on, hey, if I could get Spencer Lee, if I could get Spencer Lee and Gilman, and they can go first round, dude. I'm so in for that. Yeah, I think we all are. I think we're all in for that. Okay, uh, I think that does it. I think we did the show. Um, other thing, yeah. we signed Macy Kilty. She's going to be wrestling on the October 31st card. We are actively and aggressively looking for an opponent for Macy, but she's very good. So some people may have reservations about wrestling someone for ability, but we're going to find her a match. And we're excited about that. And we're looking to add another match as well. So as we get these details, we will let you know them and get you excited. Because October 31st will be here before you know it. Um, ben, Kyle, anything before we depart? I'm, I'm excited for Metcalf. I mean, that's, that's, that's my era type stuff. So I'm excited for it. Good. Good. I think, um, yeah, tomorrow, I think tomorrow morning-ish, maybe right after FRL, we lead straight into oh. Metcalf. That sound. Here we go. I think it sounds good. Like it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> 10 Central, 11 Eastern, Metcalf tomorrow. There it is. Wow, really? Yeah, let's do it. Oh boy. Here we go. I hope they're right. the time schedule. Yep, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> we might have to change it. Thanks so much, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for tuning back in. You guys are the best. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday. It's gonna be fun. I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but nope. we're gonna do the show no for idea. sure. We're going to have a show. I know that much. 
Thanks to Ben. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you especially for listening. See you tomorrow. Happy Tuesday. See ya.